0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we are talking about season five, episode 17 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Rescue Me. At least we're finally getting some shit from The Travelers that is at least kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean... I, I said kind of. That's where the emphasis is. Yeah, exactly. It's like... This is better than we've been getting from the travelers, but the bar was on the floor. Yeah. I'm just Um, excited to get some sort of answers about them instead of them just chanting in the background, which don't get me wrong. They still did plenty, but we got at least some clues that might lead us a certain direction. Granted, we do end the episode with um, significantly less of them. Yeah, but we'll talk about that when we get there. (laughs) But before we get started, please enjoy this ad. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. In order to keep Stefan from being harmed by Sloan and the Travelers, Caroline and Enzo agree to make a trip to Atlanta to find a newly discovered doppelganger. Caroline is surprised when Enzo opens up to her about his past. Damon and Elena spend an awkward afternoon at Jeremy's parent-teacher conference, where they hear bad news about his behavior at school. Afterwards, Damon reluctantly tells Elena upsetting news about Jeremy's personal life. Bonnie has an unsettling encounter with Luke and learns more about his family history. Liv fills Jeremy in on the rumors about the Traveler's next move and demonstrates her considerable power. Jeremy makes an unexpected deal with Liv, then makes a decision that is devastating to Elena. Stefan and Caroline share a special moment of friendship. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Need me a friend like that, bitch? Yeah, I need some friendships like that. (laughs) Finally... A terrifying turn of events at the Traveler's Camp leads to the appearance of their mysterious leader, Marcos. Okay, so okay. the synopsis told us that was Marcos. So confirmed. So no gaslighting there. <laughs> Damn. Damn, I was <laughs> just really not gonna- read it, I suppose. I was going to get your ass. No, that's not fair. I have to trust Vampire Diaries with you. I would have been convinced it was Marcos, I think. He looked too if- Greek. I don't think I would have been able to gaslight you into anything. I would have been like, what if it's Alaric? You would have tried. I sure would have. We start the episode at Atlanta Metro Hospital. Sure. Tom, well, we know it's Tom now. We don't know it then. that The guy who looks like Stefan <laughs> wheels the woman in from, you know, the car accident earlier. It's hazy. So it's clear like we're in flashback land like we were last episode. Mm-hmm. Tom says, hey, girly, what's your name? Mine's Tom. You're going to be all right. So his name is not Seth Covington. Good try, Stephanie. But the vibe is not far off. Yeah. You have to give me credit for that one. I really thought I was going to start with an S. I will say Seth Covington is the same amount of syllables as Tom Avery. (laughs) Seth Covington, Tom Avery. Wow. Intuition wins again. Your mind. My mind. At the tracks, Sloane's doing her usual little spell. And she says his name's Tom Avery. Heard that much. At the hospital, Tom says some medical jargon. He, 10 gauge needle, whatever, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> she won't make it to the or you know whatever you know some doctor kind of gives him shit like we'll do that in a second and tom says no you'll do it now it's yeah. my hospital because i'm an emt so. so i'm an emt and i know best you know we gotta see the emt and the doctors spur egos flying back at the tracks sloan says okay stefan come on we need your help with the link tell me what you see tell me where to find your doppelganger at the hospital, the doctor goes up to him and he says, you know, you're a piece of work, Avery. They must have broken the mold when they made you. I mean, I get it's like a little bit because there are multiple of him floating around. But it is funny. It's like, why would you say that to someone? Yeah, <laughs> Just because he was like, hey, we should actually do this now to save this woman's life. Yeah, so saved- ER, this has never happened before. So he saved the woman's life before you could. You'll get him <laughs> next time. Yeah. Uh, the lady wheezes, so we know she's alive. We go back to the tracks, and Stefan groans, and he says, Atlanta Metro Hospital. Sloan says, good, now you friends can kill him. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena wakes up. She is in bed with Damon. They are under the sheets, but we can tell they are naked. Elena has the sheets on, but she's got her legs out. She's like, I gotta get these gams some light. Yeah. Her phone vibrates, and it's a calendar reminder for Jeremy's parent-teacher conference. So she's like, okay. Time to sneak out. Something that always works well with someone with super hearing. Especially Uh, with Damon, man. He loves to surprise people when they try to leave him. He's like, no one's leaving me. He says, nice try. Because they're both awake. They're not looking at each other. They feel a little awkward this morning. Don't worry. Damon's going to make it more awkward. Yeah. She goes to get up and then he says, morning, sunshine. And she says, oh, (laughs) sorry. Did I wake you? And he says, no, I've been up for three hours. Three hours? You've been up for three hours and you haven't had to pee yet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elena says really because you haven't said a word and he says well neither have you got it there she says okay well I didn't really have much to say because you know nothing's changed we're still bad for each other we're still broken up and last night was a mistake so she starts to get dressed and Damon says "Mm, maybe here's a thought here's a pitch we should keep making mistakes it's so funny how in love we are (laughs) yeah and she is tempted she lingers with him but then goes to leave then he vampire runs to her and she says, okay, seriously, please get out of my way or put some clothes on because I need to go. And he said, I will be doing neither of those things. He says, pass. No, he says, you're lost. I make one hell of a naked breakfast. Whatever that means. <laughs> okay. Like, I know that just means you're like cooking breakfast naked. But again, I think that means they have, he wants to have sex again. Oh, I guess maybe. I mean, I, I guess you could <laughs> make the argument either <laughs> I just way. I thought he was going to like make pancakes. That could be it. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. The common denominator is naked. Yeah. Elena hesitates for a second because she is tempted. She must know what it means. And either way, she's <laughs> kind of interested in it. Either that or she's deeply curious what it means. And is like, should I stick around and find out which she's one that like, is? But if I ask, I'm going to encourage it. I can't focus on that. So she does leave. Then we go over to Atlanta. Caroline and Enzo have arrived. They are at a diner. They get a call from Sloan. Enzo picks up the call and says, Atlanta assassination squad... How may we be of service? Sloan says, I take it you haven't located the doppelganger yet? Well, girl, is the blood powerful or not? I think you know. Yeah, I don't know. Take a taste. Does it taste like two-week-old warm blood that's been sitting in a bucket, or does it taste like magic? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> Enzo says, you told us to find a nameless paramedic at the scene of a car accident in a city full of freeways, fried green tomatoes, and terrible drivers. Really not an easy task. And Sloane says, yeah, that's why I'm calling. I'm actually helping you here, okay? His name is Tom Avery. I just saw him deliver a patient to Atlanta Metro Hospital. Caroline says, she saw him. She did the vision thing again. She takes the phone and she says, hey, girly pop. We had a deal. I find Stefan's last living doppelganger. And Sloan says, Tom. Caroline (laughs) says, okay, I take care of Tom. And in return, you stop using Stefan to psychically doppelbomb him because every time you link the two, you're frying Stefan's brain. Which this is funny because Caroline, yes, you did make the deal that you would take care of Tom and she would stop doing that. You haven't taken care of Tom yet. Yeah. By the terms of your deal, she can't keep doing that. Not yeah. to get on Sloan's side. And also like, you don't really have a lead right now. Like you just yeah. told her you didn't know where he was. So even though she did do it before she got that confirmed, it's not and a the, crazy jump. And the two of you were just like at a diner. You don't seem to be super motivated at the moment. Sloan says, I really don't give a fuck about Stefan's brain. Honestly, I just care about his blood. And until Stefan and Elena are the last two doppelgangers on Earth, their blood is useless to me. So you better believe I will give Stefan a back alley lobotomy if you fail to kill Tom Avery. Caroline says, Well, I don't fail at things. So do it again and I'll kill you too. She hangs up. She can threaten to kill Stefan all she wants. But like if Stefan's dead, you still can't find the other doppelganger. Well, she does. She's not going to kill Stefan. She's just going to basically make him a vegetable. Sure. Enzo Giggle giggles and he says, Oh, I'll kill you, too. You're like a perky blonde angel of death. You almost had me convinced. He's laughing, laughing, having fun with his new friend. He said, you're not going to kill anyone. and I'm excited to see what dynamic we find today. He's like, I'm excited to see how we hang out. We haven't really hung out yet. I think this is a good time to get to know our vibe. Yeah, (laughs) he said, it's good to get to know you guys one on one. I feel like I'm going to integrate in the group. I want to know how I work with each one of you. So far with Stefan, bad, Elena. Mixed because it wasn't really her the last few weeks. Damon, great. The rest yeah. is up in the air. He's like, I mean, no offense. You guys kind of are like the cool clique. So I, I, it's a little intimidating if I'm honest. Yeah. Especially because Damon seems to be at the low end of the totem pole in your group. And he was kind of my in. I was kind of hoping Damon <laughs> would be like the queen bee. But it appears he isn't. It appears That's kind of Elena, who I have yet to impress. But you seem to have her ear, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> we go over to the grill. Damon is drinking, what else? Bourbon. Tyler says, breakfast of champions. This is the man who was having tequila for breakfast, what, a week ago? Yeah, bourbon for breakfast is at least, you know, of the hard liquors. You can drink for breakfast, the best one. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, you shouldn't be having hard liquor for breakfast. But if you're going to pick one, I'm going to say bourbon. On this podcast, we do not condone having hard liquor for breakfast. despite Unless it's Saturday. (laughs) Matt says, let me guess. This is about Elena. And Damon says, you know, Donovan, that is really so insightful. (laughs) He says, you're really street smart from working behind that bar for what? Three years now? I know he's saying this in a sarcastic voice, but it is sort of a compliment. You got me. I can hold down a job. I'm the only one who works for a living. Sorry, not all of us have logging fortunes. Also, by the way, I don't charge you for the pounds and pounds of bourbon you go through. Yeah. Tyler says, you know, at least he's not looking for answers at the bottom of a glass. And Damon says, oh, wow. OK, Tyler Lockwood is now a life coach, despite running his own life into the ground. And Tyler says, yeah, OK, that's what I get for chiming in. Now, good for Tyler this time. He just rolls his eyes. He doesn't take that personally. He lets that, lets that one go. Water off a duck's back. Matt says, if you want advice, why not talk to Stefan? And Damon says, well. Because it's difficult to explain that you just broke up with the former love of his life and then broke the bed. And they're all like, we don't want to hear this from you. They're like, we're not really that kind of friend with you. I know this is weird to say to Stefan, but somehow it's weirder to say to us. Damon needs a Lurk back bad. (laughs) Yeah. And even Um, Enzo's not here. Tyler says TMI. And Damon says, besides, I've got you two idiots. Mystic Falls amateur therapists the emphasis on the amateur yeah matt says i'm only listening to you because i'm getting paid it's a simple burn it's elegant it's layup when matt does what he needs to do he does it it's effective and you know it's not a lie yeah he is not interested in this information matt and damon have never really gotten along (laughs) yeah damon says less and less by the second and he like takes some of his tip away Matt says, oh, no, I'm not getting a tip from Damon. I factor that into my daily budget. Yeah. (laughs) He gets all his tips from like older women. Damon says, also, Stefan's not an option because he's doing a little research project with Caroline. Don't worry, Tyler. I'm sure it's just his friends. Tyler says, I got to worry about Stefan. Klaus is one thing. At least I've got the he killed my mom thing. But Stefan, Stefan's nice. nice." Stefan doesn't even have a British accent. (laughs) He's getting his ass beat. Liv approaches the bar. At first, it's unclear why she's in Mystic Falls. Yeah, it's like, girl, you're kind of flying a little too close to the sun with your secret plan, but also being here. Which is because the secret plan is no longer a secret. They've given up the ghost on that. So she approaches the bar and says, bottle of gin and let me see you break the seal. What bird do they give this to you? Nowhere. What kind of bar sender is Matt? What kind of bird do you need a full bottle of gin from? And what kind of birds are you going to that you need to see them break the seal? Girl. And also, I'm all for a sketchy bird, but that's a little too sketchy, mama. And also, she doesn't have not one sip of that gin she orders, BTW. <laughs> it, it sits <laughs> on the table unopened. Actually opened because she saw them break the seal. She just wanted them to lose like $40. Yeah. That was, that was her big bit. <laughs> just classic. She turns to them and says, oh, what can I say? I got issues. And Damon says, oh, my God. Hey, girl, pull up a chair and tell the pros your problems. Just like just talk slow and use small words. Ha ha ha. Because Matt and Tyler are stupid. Mm-hmm. The joke. Simple, elegant. And Liv says, yeah, thanks, but never. And then she leaves. She says, I got my own thing to do today, buddy. Yeah, she's like I actually have a date coming in. If you can't tell by the bottle of gin, I've actually got a date coming. <laughs> <laughs> Damon's phone vibrates. And he says to Matt and Tyler, well, I hate to cut this session short, but unlike you, I have other places to be today. You're not even cutting this session short. You've been talking their ear off for 20 minutes. They haven't been responding for half an hour. Yeah. And then Damon says, don't worry, I'll be back. I have some deep childhood trauma I'm itching to talk about. They're like, please don't. They're like, I really don't want to hear it. I don't need to hear about your dad's shit, man. I Yeah. And, you know, he's joking, but he will come back and talk about his childhood trauma later. He's like, Doing this a joke, but he's like, but you know, haha, but if you guys are willing to do that, that would be really nice for me. He's like, ha ha ha, isn't it funny how you listen to my problems? I, you know, I, I'm kidding, but as you know, this relationship things I'm dealing with, and I think I need to evaluate my attachment style. And I think it does stem from my dad if I'm really getting into it. <laughs> Thoughts? And, and Tyler's like, woof. <laughs> then Damon goes to leave. But he does, before he leaves, spots that Jeremy is walking up to Liv's table. He doesn't do anything with that right away, but he does clock it. Yeah, he's like, that's a little odd. He said, this will come in handy later. As I thought as well. Yeah, you also thought that even though you've been shipping. I mean, I'm shipping, but it's weird for them to be at lunch together. Yeah. Both can be true. Both can be true. Then we go over to Mystic Falls High School, where the parent-teacher conferences are in full swing. The guidance counselor is up at the front. And we know this, she says, as the guidance counselor. The way she introduced herself, I was like, I feel like she's going to die. Like, we don't often get that much of a face of a person. But no, she was just there to tell them that Jeremy's bad at school. Okay, Captain Obvious. Yeah. We later learned her name is uh, Mrs. Douglas. She says, after I talk to you guys, you're all going to go to have an open house with your child's teachers. Elena is in line to meet with the guidance counselor. So she calls Bonnie because... You know, she has a friend emergency to talk about and Mm -hmm. she says, "Okay, well, Damon and I broke up. It's final. Well, that's not true. Why would you even say it's final? You don't even think it's final. You're bearing the lead. You know, the next piece of information is going to prove to her that it's not final. So I know you're trying to trick her, but you're going to tell her anyway. So yeah. Bonnie asks, oh, when did you break up? And Elena says, last night. And Bonnie says, oh, well, you didn't come home last night. And Elena says, yeah, that is because I did sleep with him post-breakup. And Bonnie says, oh. And Elena says, was that irresponsible? I think you know the answer to that. Bonnie says, yeah, probably. Does Jeremy know? And Elena says, no, he wasn't at the house last night, thank God. And you don't want him to move out? Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie says, that's weird. Jeremy didn't mention anything to me. If he wasn't home, where was he? Elena says, I don't really know. That's not why I called you. Elena's like, he's not my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie is already nervous because, you know, he did famously cheat on her. Elena says, that doesn't help with the irresponsible thing, does it? That I don't know where my brother was. Bonnie doesn't say anything, but then she spots Luke. So she said, great, I can use that to not answer that question. She says, oh, sorry, like Catherine's cute BFF just showed up. And Elena says, yeah, his name's Luke. And Bonnie says, I have a brilliant idea. Okay, since you and Damon are over, like, mm mm-hmm. And Elena says, yeah, nice try. But I think Damon is more his type. Bonnie says, oh, they'd be cute too. She said, whatever, I don't care. Bonnie said, ally. She said, I'm an ally. I can ship boys. <laughs> um, then Elena gets kind of close to the front of the line. So she says, gotta go. Thanks for listening. She checks in with the guidance counselor. They of course know each other um, mm-hmm. because Elena just graduated high school last year. <laughs> Elena and I'm says, sure Hi. the guidance counselor was watching with bated breath during Elena's college search. And then she's like, she got into Whitmore? That's weird. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the guidance counselor excited to see Elena again. She's like, man, do I have questions? Not about your brother, not about anything else. I just want to know, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, you are the talk of the town. I know these teachers have all been talking about Elena. Oh, yeah. They said, do you think she's going to come to the parent-teacher conferences? It's not like Jeremy has any other family. They're like, well, Damon called and put his name as his emergency contact so I think he might show up and they're like wait and- Stefan Salvatore's brother wasn't she dating Stefan I was like I saw her and Damon out to dinner the other day yeah the rumors are flying among the, the rumor mill yeah. is the rumor mill is, ch- is churning ch-ch-churning Elena is good to see you Mrs. Douglas is good to see you too but I'm a little confused why you're here because you're not Jeremy's primary contact Elena says who the fuck would be we don't have family She says, you know, every single potential parent or guardian died, right? Did I not update it? (laughs) Jenna died too. Yep, Alaric Saltzman died too. Yeah. But then Damon comes up and he says, Damon, Salvatore, present. And then he sits. Because he's giggling, giggling. Then we go over to Atlanta Metro Hospital. Enzo and Caroline sit down and Caroline says, okay, well, the receptionist doesn't know Tom personally, but I compelled her to call someone who does. Caroline starts to read a magazine. Enzo stares at her. And he says, I give up. Can't tell if you're avoiding the mission or me. And she says, I don't know why it can't be both. (laughs) He says, I've earned some company after hand delivering the antidote that kept Damon and Elena from literally consuming each other. And Caroline says, yeah, fair enough. But that also does not mean that I trust you. Also, I don't understand why you're here. And Enzo says, well, Damon's trying to be a good boy these days, which means I'm in need of a new murder buddy. (laughs) Just kidding, British humor. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you guys really believe that I just want to kill people as a pair, like so easily. It's like, I just like having a friend. Can't you all agree? You guys all have friends. Isn't it fun? Don't you like having a friend to talk to who cares about you? Isn't it fun to have people who would come looking for you if you were missing for a while? I was missing for 60 years. If I had focused on friendship a little bit more the first go round, maybe I wouldn't have been there so long. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm just trying to do something a little different. Mixing it up this time. (laughs) He starts reading a magazine because Carolyn Clay doesn't want to talk to him. And he says, ah, modern women, all bosom, no mystery, present company excluded. And she says, oh my God, please (laughs) tell me that I'm not the reason you're here. She said, I can't handle you little cheeky British boys being in love with me. She said, you can't all be in love with me. It's just not worth my time anymore. I'm exhausted and so says why not from what damon tells me i'm your type well traveled charming accent dodgy morals and she says yeah arrogant tactless unable to take a hint and he says yeah precisely he said that's me to a t baby and then he says you know to be completely honest you remind me of someone i once knew she worked for the augustines and caroline says oh so she tortured you okay can relate to that and he says no maggie was only there to observe my behavior I quite liked her, actually. Yeah, observe your behavior as you were getting tortured, dumbass. I mean, I know it's been 60 years, but I need you to think critically about that situation. Yeah. How do you think Maggie I, had no knowledge? There is just no way. He'll get there eventually and it's going to hurt him. But, you know, I I can't feel bad for him because he's stupid for buying this. I do also, I want to ask a question. He says sure. that Caroline reminds him of Maggie. Mm-hmm. Do you think Caroline like looks like Maggie? Yeah, in the sense that I bet she's blonde. Why? Just like, because it's a reminder. Sure, I'm just asking. Yeah, I think just like a little blonde, and I think, you know, a smart blonde girl. This is a trope that Julie Plec loves. Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility that they are more doppelgangers? No. Okay. Because sometimes, you know, in the past, when someone says, you remind me of someone, it's usually someone's doppelganger. Yeah, it's fair. But I think... Given the Traveler storyline, it seems like these doppelgangers are pretty limited. Yeah. I think it's just another cute blonde girl who's smart. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's the vibe she gave because she was working in a lab. Although how smart could she have been if that was the lab she was working in? But who am I? Yeah, who am I? Caroline says, let me guess. This Maggie made you want to be a better man. And he says, no, she just reminded me that I was good all along. That's a twist. Yeah, different lesson that you took from that, King. The right lesson, some might argue. Some might. <laughs> then the doctor approaches the same doctor earlier who Tom Avery was his number one enemy. Yeah, the number one Tom Avery hater. He said, Oh, you want to ask about Tom Avery? Oh, let me go off. <laughs> <laughs> he said, How long do you have? He said, Don't get me started. Okay, you got me started. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he says you guys were asking about tom avery and caroline says yeah we need to see him like asap it's a matter of life and death the doctor says i wish i could help like tom avery was a pain in my ass but he was also the best paramedic i'd ever met enzo says can't help but notice you said was yeah (laughs) the doctor says yeah he disappeared four months ago no one knows where he is and i sure don't want to He said, and let me tell you, I haven't been looking (laughs) and I have not been cooperating with the police. (laughs) I did not report that shit. (laughs) That is not my business. It's unfortunate. I'm actually a pretty major suspect and I just can't stop shitting on the man. So (laughs) I remain on the list. Don't tell the cops I said this to you. They're going to keep asking about me. (laughs) And this is Uh, like cool ankle monitor they gave me because they do not believe me. I'm not allowed to leave the state. (laughs) Uh he leaves. Not the state. <laughs> just just the just scene. The, just the conversation. <laughs> we go over to the junkyard. It's a new location for the travelers. Stefan comes to and he says, We moved. Why? And Sloane says they don't call us travelers for our mileage points. Okay, but, but you're still traveling. Like So then why why do they call you travelers? <laughs> like you still traveled, you just didn't like take a flight. But it sounds like they do call you that because you're moving. Yeah. They just don't get any mileage points out of the deal because they seem to walk everywhere. Stefan says, oh, I know this place. We're right outside of Mystic Falls. And Sloane says, believe me, I'd rather be at the beach right now than go to the beach. Ain't you a traveler? Why do we have to travel from decrepit location to decrepit location? Make a spell. Go to a Marriott. Well, also, could they not do this spell at like an abandoned beach? since i guess yeah. it has to be abandoned like it's not like every beach in the world is like pristine just go to like kind of a stinker beach it does seem like they kind of have to walk yeah she says that they have to be here because this is where they're supposed to meet their fearless leader stefan says mercos right because he's heard the name mm-hmm. and sloan seems annoyed that he heard the name but girl you said it yeah uh, <laughs> stefan says he wants her blood why Luckily, his phone rings, so Sloan doesn't have to answer that question. She instead answers the phone, and it's obviously Caroline. And she says, you know, I hope you're calling to tell me the doppelganger's dead. And Caroline says, your stupid doppelvisions gave us bad information. Put Stefan on the phone. Sloan puts the phone on speaker. Stefan says, what happened? And Caroline says, Tom's been missing from the hospital for months. Any other things you notice in your visions that, like, any small details that could help? And Stefan says, oh, I can't remember. The thing is, after the spell, I always black out. Sloan, meanwhile, has called the traveler over with some blood because she's getting ready to do the spell again, even though Caroline specifically asked her not to. (laughs) And Sloan says the link connects us to the doppelganger's mind. If we're seeing old memories, we have to go deeper. And Caroline says, no, you don't, because if he's blacking out, the link is destroying his memories. Sloan starts the spell anyway, because what's Caroline going to do? She's in Atlanta. Yeah, she's like, I don't give a fuck about his memories, and you can't stop me this time. Yeah. Caroline says, Stefan, are you still with me? I'm here, listen to my voice, hold on. She's very emotional. She's crying a bit. She stays on the phone trying to talk to Stefan. Enzo watches this, he clocks it, and you know what, he is shipping. Yeah, he's like, okay, so you're taken, I I guess. He said, oh, so you're into a friends to lovers thing now. I kind of thought you'd be endgame with an enemies to lovers guy. What do I know? He's like, that guy's not even British. That's Enzo's catchphrase in my head. Yeah, (laughs) Like, what did she see in that guy? Then we see a flashback that goes back to the hospital approximately four months ago. Some woman approaches Tom Avery and says, hey, are you Tom Avery? He says, the one and only. And he says, what can I do for you? (laughs) And she says, my name is Hazel. And you already did it, actually. It's my friend Trish. You know, the doctor said that you saved her life last night. This is why you don't trust just any woman who says you saved their friend's life. Yeah. Also, you met this doctor. Does this doctor seem like one who would have given you the credit for this? (laughs) I know. She went up to me. She's like, hey, what's that guy's name? He's like, oh, Tom Avery. I hate Tom Avery. Tom says, just doing my job. We take a little break from the flashback to see Dispel and Caroline freaking out some more. And then we go back to the flashback. And Hazel says, can I buy you dinner? You know, to say thank you. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm I'm so bad at this. You don't seem to be having that big of an issue with it, Hazel. (laughs) Yeah. Tom says, okay, how's seven? And Hazel says, perfect. You can meet me at six, six, four, three Tree Drive. Hopefully not in an ambulance. He hee hee. Good thing you said your address out loud. Thanks, Queen. Good yeah, thing you she really helped like... the travelers with that one, bitch. Yeah. Why <laughs> wasn't she like, meet me at Red Lobster? Yeah. Well, because she yeah. didn't want to, have to drag him all the way to the house. She didn't want to go to dinner first. Yeah. She's a woman of convenience and she's not that attracted to him. Yeah. He's got dead eyes. <laughs> She said, you know what? You'd be a lot hotter to me if your name was something other than Tom. I don't know if it was (laughs) Stefan. We go back and see the spell and Caroline says, hey, say something, please. And Stefan says, I'm here, I'm here. 6643 Peachtree Drive, a red-haired woman named Hazel. Caroline composes herself because he's okay. And she says, thank you. I won't let you down. She will. Well, she'll let down the plan, but she won't let Stefan down. Yeah. Anyway, Stefan says, Caroline, He's a good person. Don't do it. And Sloan says, Clock's ticking. Please disregard when he said don't do it. Actually, do it. Yeah, Sloan said, And don't listen to him, ideally. (laughs) His brain is fried, it looks like, because he doesn't know (laughs) what he's saying. So keep going. There you have it. (laughs) We go over to Mystic Falls High School. Damon and Elena are sitting in a classroom. And Damon says, Oh, the clock is busted. What am I paying my PTA dues for? I'm going to file a complaint. Elena doesn't like the jokey jokes. So she says, is that why you're here? And Damon says, you know, you did leave me in charge of Jeremy when you went off to Whitmore. Like, I've had this on my calendar for months. And Elena says, really? No other reason. Damon says, why? Something else you want to talk about, Curly? And then he says, come on. Don't act like you're not still tingly from this morning. She says, don't say tingly. She says, why'd you make it like a weird thing now? She said, pick another adjective, please. Elena says, can we focus on Jeremy? And Damon says, speaking of hypotheticals, they weren't. He says, (laughs) if Jeremy was running around with another girl, you'd want to know about it, right? Elena says, what girl? So yes, she would want to know. Yeah, apparently she does. (laughs) Damon says, oh, Bonnie's witch trainee live. I saw her and Jeremy sharing a bottle of top shelf inhibition killer at the grill this morning. Elena says, Jeremy wouldn't do that to Bonnie. Damon says, need I remind you that he literally had an affair with a ghost? The only thing that was missing was a sappy love song and a pottery wheel. He said, I just watched Ghost last night. Great movie. He said, that movie's good. Um, yeah, Damon's like, what do you mean he wouldn't do that to Bonnie? He literally did it to her already. Yeah, <laughs> where you been, girl? Elena says he learned his lesson. Jeremy's not a cheater. Mrs. Douglas comes in. She says, says that's to- my cue, baby. <laughs> she said, y'all say Jeremy's a cheater? Mrs. Douglas comes in and says, sorry to keep you waiting. So bad news first. Mind you, she doesn't have good news. She wants she's- to bring these two down because she's like, you guys are bad parents as though they signed up to be parents and all of her family didn't die. But, who am yeah. I? but yeah, let's not unpack that. <laughs> she says, so Jeremy has missed 11 days of school, started three fights, and he's been caught cheating in math twice. Of you course know what- he had to cheat in math. He missed 11 days of school. <laughs> he had to catch up. And all things considered, 11 days of school is not that much. And we know at least one of those fights that he quote unquote started. He didn't really start. Yeah. Like he was getting bullied and he fought back. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that those circumstances were repeated. Yeah. Damon wants to giggle, giggle. So he says cheating. That's so not like him. He gives a goofy little look to Elena. And then he says, go on, please. And Mrs. Douglas says, you know what? I'm going to ask. You're Elena is what now? And Damon says, ex-boyfriend, ex, right? And Elena says, can we not talk about this here? And Mrs. Douglas said, no, please do. She says, actually, can we? She says, actually, it's quite relevant. Most problems in school are rooted in problems at home. Jeremy's in need of a stable living situation. People who care about that more than their own needs. Now, what Elena should say is, you do know that all our family died, right? Horrifically? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and true as this may be that the home life affects the school life. Mind you, Jeremy's 18. Like, it's, I think it's, we're kind of past the time where we could fix this situation. Yeah, Jeremy's 18. At this point, it's just his life. He doesn't have a home life and a school life. He just has a life. Yeah. I understand that as the teacher, like, yeah, that's the relationship. That's the problem. Damon and Elena's relationship is actually the least stressful thing in Jeremy's life. Yeah. <laughs> at least he has a couple to look at at least he has a ha- his parents. at least he has a house to live in after his yeah. sister let's not forget burned theirs down with mind you his body in it well and let's all remember that the story they came up with when he came back to life is that he burned his house down for insurance money so in this guidance counselor's mind how is this all Elena's fault How is this Elena's fault for dating the hot guy now? I do. I mean, my personal fan theory is that she's just trying to push them enough to hear how she hopped from brother to brother. Yeah, she says, I don't really give a fuck about Jeremy's life. I just want to know how this works with you all. Yeah, I just want to get a glimpse into your home life and hopefully get some answers because, you know, I'm not really that popular in the school room right now. The guidance counselor is not ever the fun one at a school, and I need to come in there with some top grade gossip for them to take me seriously. Because let me tell you, they hate me. She said, especially after today, I can't go back to the teacher's lounge with nothing. They'll boo me out of there. They've done it before. (laughs) I need something. She said, I'm sorry, but you guys are my last hope here to make some friends. No other kid in this school has any interesting parent. Damon says, sounds like Jeremy's in need of a less judgy guidance counselor. And Elena says, you know, we do care. Really, we'll do better. And Miss Douglas says, I sure hope so. For Jeremy's sake. Why do you care about Jeremy? One look at that man. You're a guidance counselor. Get some kids into college. He's not one of those. Yeah. I mean, you met Jeremy. There's nothing you can do with him at this point. Yeah. He's got his own thing going on. He's not He's, going to Harvard. It's and that's okay. okay. Focus on some other kids. Yeah. <laughs> go focus on the valedictorian. It's just not worth your time. We go back over to Atlanta. Caroline and Enzo have found Hazel's house. And Enzo says, miracle we found the place. Every other street in this blasted city is Peachtree. A little Atlanta humor. The girls who get it, get it. It's true. There are a few other names, but then it's all, oh, Peachtree Northwest. Peachtree Southwest. West Peachtree Southeast. And it's like, what the fuck? And those are all different streets. Yeah. They all go different directions. Stupid city. Dumb city. Caroline says oh look at this mail looks old about four months old just like a ton of mail Tom Avery does not have a lot of uh subscriptions and his credit must be in the toilet if he's not getting credit card offers yeah <laughs> the door is locked and Enzo says huh 70 years in a cage you'd think I'd have learned to pick a lock by now uh, y- we laugh but yeah I mean if you had you wouldn't have been in the cage for so long <laughs> Damon learned how to pick a lock after like two days in the you know the second time he was in the cage to be fair yeah that's true (laughs) enzo pulls out the doorknob and opens the door and they see like a bunch of like trails of sand and candles and then they see a woman her eyes are white caroline says oh red hair that's hazel she's a witch great deductive reasoning caroline hazel i respect that this spell you have to like i guess stay in the one place for it go in a room that you can't see from the door maybe Yeah, I mean, I get that her main concern was not vampires, but it would behoove you to not be like in eyesight of the door. Because imagine if the mailman looks in and he sees you sitting there with white eyes, what's he going to do? Call the hospital. And who's going to show up? That nosy little doctor, because he wants all the credit for saving lives. He says, oh my God, Tom Avery's in here. Leave him. Get a new doorknob that doesn't fall off the door because the travelers can work a door. I assume. I mean, they're not smart, but I think they can figure that one out. I think she's assuming they won't find her. Yeah. Um, It never hurts to have some extra security. Caroline realizes she's stuck at the threshold and says, oh, and she must own the house. Enzo says, not for long. And he throws the doorknob and just like like bludgeons her from a distance. And she died. Yeah. Sick. Caroline says, what? Why did you do that? Karen says she was our only lead. And Enzo says, yeah, exactly. And I'm a murderous vampire. Surprise. Ha ha ha. He walks in. We go over to Whitmore. Bonnie is sitting and studying in a, you know, some room with a fireplace. And Mm -hmm. Luke's sitting across from her. And he keeps looking at her. He could be a little bit more subtle for sure. Maybe don't act like you know who that is so easily. Don't act like you're like sitting across from a celebrity, okay? Yeah. (laughs) She goes up to him. She says, hey, can I help you? You keep like looking over there. I just thought you might want to say something. He takes off his headphones. He says, what? No, no, I'm just studying. He says, no, I was just being creepy. No, no, I'm gay. (laughs) I'm gay and I'm Liv's brother. Yeah. Luke says, no, I'm like just over here studying unless you're an (laughs) expert in wave mechanics. And Bonnie says, yes, science isn't really my thing. And then out of nowhere, Hazel appears to Bonnie. And says, oh, you're the anchor. If I am here, that means I'm dead. So tell him I failed. And <laughs> Hazel does like definitely gesture to Luke. It's a, At first it's a little ambiguous, but it's like, oh no, she's definitely talking about that dude. Yeah. And she explains, she's like, I was trying to hide the doppelganger with magic, but they found us. And Bonnie says, what are you talking about? Who are you? And Luke like notices that Bonnie's talking to air. Mm-hmm. And Hazel says, Hazel is my name and he will know the rest. Because she's excited to get to the other side. She's had it. Mm-hmm. She's been on her knees for four months. Yeah, she's been just floating there, waiting for someone else to do something. Boy. Yeah. Hazel passes through Bonnie. Bonnie screams. Luke says, hey, you okay, girl? Bonnie says, she says she knew you. How'd she know you? Luke says, who? Bonnie says, someone named Hazel. She had a message for you. She said, let's not play dumb. Someone was dying and pointing at you. So clearly you're in the middle of this. Yeah. We go back over to the grill. Liv is sitting with Jeremy and she's prepping some kind of spell. And Jeremy says, what's a silencing spell? I'll give you a guess. You've dated a witch for like two years. You can't do the math. Liv says, it's just a little magic. It keeps nosy hybrid types from snooping. And she looks over at Tyler, who's looking right at them. Tyler, to be an effective eavesdropper, you have to not stare at them. And also to be an effective eavesdropper, you should notice when you can't hear people you normally can hear. Yeah, just some things to know. Tyler turns to Matt and he says, what's up with those two? And Matt says, here's the cliff notes. Liv goes to Whitmore. She's a new witch. Bonnie is teaching her magic. And Tyler says, you lucked out the part about her being hot, like weird hot. And Matt's like, I mean, you can see her. Like, I didn't need to describe what she looked like. Yeah. Like, she's and he's literally like, and what do you mean? sitting there. He's like, and what do you mean weird? She's literally blonde.
1: What's she just has curly her? hair.
0: <laughs> he said, oh, I've never seen a girl like that before. <laughs> Matt says, Oh, you're the one with vampire ears. What are they talking about? Tyler tries to eavesdrop and he's like, Hmm, I can't hear anything. Anyway, <laughs> like Tyler, <laughs> don't you think that's weird? Don't you think they might be talking about something you want to hear? Then we go over with Liv and Jeremy. Liv says to Jeremy, You're here because you are a hunter, which means you cannot be mind controlled by travelers. Okay. Sure. Whatever you say, girl. <laughs> <laughs> She says, that officially makes you the only person in this room I can trust. Jeremy says, okay, then trust me. What's going on? Liv says, there's a rumor in witch circles. The travelers are up to something big. Jeremy says, I'm sorry. I am so confused. I thought travelers were witches. Liv says, yeah, not quite. They're more like the ugly stepsister. I think that means that they're like not really part of the family and witches look down on them. I guess we can talk about that once we get to this next line where Liv says Mm -hmm. travelers have a grudge against anyone who draws their magic from nature. Something about witches cursing the land to turn it against them. What do you make of that little clue? Okay. That's interesting. Um, So I did say that I didn't think travelers use nature. Sure. So I'm going to call this a win. I mean, I know this is not quite, but you know, I have to take them when I can get them. I do think there's a potential to, We're going with the ancient Greece thing again, it appears, and I'll get into my reasoning for thinking that. So travelers think that witches like curse the land against them. We know that when Ketsia did this immortality spell or when Silas drank the immortality potion, her wedding flower died and notably a lot of other things died. I think we can make the jump that witches are the cause for sort of like famine or death in the travelers following that choice by Silas and Ketsia. Sure. Not that nature turned against the travelers, but witches turned nature against the travelers. Yeah. You know, it's so fun to just think in my mind and then have to pull together a sentence. It's like a, it's like there's a bunch of little sausages and I got to put them into a link. Okay. A link is just one sausage. No, no. Like, (laughs) like, you know, the ones that cartoon dogs eat. So it's more, all my thoughts are like the meat in a meat grinder. Right. And then they go into the sausage casing and you have to twist them into the sausages. Yeah. And then I just poop them out. Okay, yeah. I get it. Liv says, now the travelers are on the move. Their next stop, here. And Jeremy says, Mystic Falls, why? It's a town called Mystic Falls. They all want to come here eventually. Why not at this point, Jeremy? Liv says, your sister. As it turns out, the world actually does revolve around her. So if you want to keep her safe, you're going to help me figure out what the travelers are up to. And then she gets a text from Luke that says, Hazel is dead, time for plan B. And Jeremy says, everything okay? And Liv says, it will be. And she gets up to leave. <laughs> she doesn't need to be nursing this lead anymore. She says, well, that text came like a little later than it should have. I wish I didn't waste my time at lunch. Now I don't even get any of my gin, but say la vie. Jeremy says, hey, you're going to lay all this on me and now you're leaving? Liv says, you were plan A. Plans change. As she starts to leave, Tyler Vampire runs to stop her. He says, you know, it's rude to leave Jeremy hanging, even for a newbie witch. Also, I am just fascinated by you. Also, what's your deal? <laughs> she says, <laughs> modus. And she basically like tosses him through some tables. And she says, not a newbie witch, FYI. And She goes. It's like, it's like, okay, so we're done with that secret. She's said, I'm just letting that one out. <laughs> uh, and Tyler says, I gotta know what her moon sign is. Tyler said, uh... I'm in love with her. We go over to Mystic Falls High School. Elena and Damon are walking in the hallway. And Elena says, You know, just because Jeremy's a bad student doesn't mean he's cheating on Bonnie. And Damon says, Hey, it's okay, girly. You're making an excuse for someone you love. It's what you do. The worse the behavior, the more you try to defend it. And Elena says, Okay, you know, you keep trying to make this about us. And Damon says, Because you keep trying to make it about anything else. They're like going back and forth. Ping pong match. Yeah, Elena says fine, but don't pretend you came here for Jeremy. You want to talk about last night? Talk. Damon says, "You know, I don't know what to say or do or think." And then he says, "You know, what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to turn on my sex appeal." He said, "Because that one, that's always there for me." He says, "All I know is," and then he, you know, pushes her against the locker. He says, "Right now, I want to rip your clothes off right here in the middle of this hall." Go you in one of these classrooms and kiss every square inch of your body while a bunch of people that drive minivans listen, wishing they were us. And she's like, I just graduated here. Elena's like, you know, they all know me still. Like all of my teachers are here. She says, I don't know if you've been eavesdropping all day the way I have, but let me tell you, we're already the talk of this school. Yeah. Okay. The The rumors are flying. We don't need to add any fuel to that fire. And then he says, probably a bad idea, right? And she says, right. But she is considering it because if Elena is one thing she's horny and then the bell rings and Damon says, see you in class. We go back over to Atlanta, Caroline and Enzo are above Hazel's body. And Enzo says she was in a trance. She was unable to answer questions. I really don't see why you're mad. I killed her. Like I was only doing what's necessary to save your friend because you won't. Yeah. He's like, we had to get in the house. She clearly wasn't going to say anything like. I don't really see how this hurts us. Yeah. And Caroline says, you don't think I'm up for this? And Enzo says, this being the cold-blooded murder of an innocent man, you can hardly say the word. How do you expect to actually do it? And he got her there. She doesn't answer that. She says, oh, I'm sorry. Is this all supposed to be easy? You barely know me. So let me reintroduce myself. Hi, my name is Caroline Forbes, and I am a good vampire, and I just don't go around killing people. And Enzo says, You have got me all wrong, Caroline Forbes. I'm not judging you. I'm preparing you. I have seen soldiers, men trained to kill, look their enemy in the eye and freeze up on the battlefield. A hesitation that usually costs them their lives. And Caroline says, well, last time I checked, this isn't war and I'm not a soldier. Girl, that does not help your argument. Yeah. That's his point. You probably are less prepared. Yeah, he's like, they're more prepared than you and they still failed. She says, Stefan is one of the best people I know. And when it comes to saving his life, yes, I will do just about anything. And then she starts to hear a heartbeat. And she says, what's that sound? And Enzo says, the telltale heart. We get it, you're British. He says, you like Edgar Allan Poe? She says, says, no. But you know who I bet does? Klaus. (laughs) Yeah. They go into the basement. There are more like, you know, twirls of sand. Then in the corner is Tom laying on a cot, hooked up to a couple IVs. And Enzo says, why would a witch go to such lengths to keep a man alive and off the grid for four months? Caroline makes a useful realization. She says four months ago, Silas died. Because um, one thing about Silas being locked up kept the doppelganger line intact. Ain't that the truth? Because no one has any need to kill Tom Avery or they got Silas to deal with. What's the yeah. point? Enzo, mind you, doesn't know who Silas is. So Caroline says the original Stefan ganger. <laughs> I'm a Stefan ganger. Stefan gangers. Stefan gangers for life. Enzo says, oh, he's a dead ringer, all right. Or rather, soon to be dead. Enzo holds for laughter. Caroline does not laugh. Instead, she goes up to Tom. She says, Tom, Tom Avery. And Enzo does offer Caroline something very nice here. He says, Caroline, let me do this. Walk away now. Just go upstairs. And Caroline says, no. I'm the one who made the deal. This is on me no matter what. And Enzo says, or maybe you just can't stand the thought of putting Stefan's life in anyone's hands but your own. She doesn't respond to that little comment. Yeah, but it it does hit her. She instead decides to put her hands around Tom's neck as if she's about to strangle him. If we have learned anything about killing people in these five seasons of this show, don't do a personal thing if you don't have to. Hold a pillow over his face, snap his neck. Even the mm-hmm. pillow over the face is pretty personal. Yeah, snap a neck. I mean, if I am in the situation where I have to kill someone, I'm never picking strangling. That yeah. would be one of my last choices. And this guy looks like Stefan. It would weird me out if I were Caroline. As Caroline is preparing to choke him, Tom jolts up and he says, Oh my God, what's happening? Who are you people? And Enzo says, We are angels. We are here to deliver you to the great hereafter. He tries to do a cute little spin. And honestly, the funny thing about this is if Caroline had gone w- along with it, they could have made Tom feel pretty good about dying. But Caroline's squeaked. Yeah. Caroline goes to him and says, calm down. You can trust me. And she compels him. Uh, Enzo says, bonding with him will only make it harder for you, girl. And Caroline says, let me do this my way. Which is to not do it. Yeah. <laughs> she turns to Tom and compels him. And she says, I'm your friend and you mean the world to me. Do you trust me? And he says, of course, because he's being compelled. Yeah. And Caroline says, good. I promise you won't feel a thing. Enzo turns away to roll his eyes, which is a problem because Caroline vampire runs to Enzo and snaps his neck, which I'm sure Tom is like, what the fuck? And I mean, I get why Caroline's doing this. She's having a hard day. But girl, what makes you think this will work? It is very much like I get why this is emotional for you. He looks just like Stefan, but that's why you let Enzo kill him. Tom says, what's going on? Caroline says, I'm getting you out of here. Back at Whitmore, Luke and Bonnie are chatting. And Bonnie says, so you're Liv's twin brother and a witch. Last episode, we learned that Luke was Liv's brother. Now we've got to confirm they're twins, as you suspected. But Stephanie, you thought Luke was a human. You did not think Luke was a witch. These gender stereotypes, they get you every time. They're going to get me every time. I did think to myself in my head, and there's obviously no way to prove this now, apparently, I was like, well, he could be a witch. Like, he could be like Luca. We all remember Luca, Mm -hmm. stinker that he was. But I guess I did not say that. I don't believe you said it. Bonnie says, anything else I should know? And Luke says, please don't be mad at Liv, okay? My family's kind of messed up, aren't they all? Do you think we know their family? No. Okay. In what way do you believe they are messed up? Do you have theories? I bet their parents are dead. It would be funny if their parents were just divorced and they were like, my family's messed up. And everyone's like, None of us have parents anymore. And they're like, (laughs) damn, we didn't know it was that serious for you guys. (laughs) Bonnie says, look, I'm not mad. I'm just creeped out, okay? Why have you been watching me all day? And then Bonnie's phone rings, but she turns to Luke and she says, oh, we're not done. Bonnie picks up the phone and says, hey, Jeremy. And Jeremy says, hey, is Elena with you? I think she's in trouble. And Bonnie says, no, Elena's at school today. Remember? What's going on? And Jeremy says, "Okay, so the thing is, Liv is up to something. She said Elena is important to the travelers. And Bonnie said, Liv, since when do you two hang out? And Jeremy says, I'll tell you everything later, but I got to go find Elena. They hang up. But of course, now, once Bonnie turns around, Luke is gone because she did turn away from him. If you're going to make a phone call, I get you want your privacy to talk, but let's keep an eye on the people we want to stay with us. Yeah. But she's also distracted because she clocked Liv being flirty with Jeremy. Now she finds out Liv and Jeremy are hanging out unbeknownst to her after he disappeared for a night. Yeah, I'd be annoyed. Oh, yeah. We go back over to Mystic Falls High School in a classroom. Damon is there as Elena comes in and he says, Lucky us, first one's here. She says, shut up. She locks the door. And um, I'm like, look at Elena go. Morning. Queen. They make out passionately, break a couple beakers. It looks like they're about to have sex in this classroom. But then we get back to real life because that is a fantasy in Elena's head. Damon says, Earth to Elena. Staying super and- strong with the breakup, girl. Yeah. They are in the chemistry classroom. And the chemistry teacher is like, Yeah, so chemistry is basically about attraction and reaction. Excuse you? You know, if you want to pick words that are almost about it, sure. Damon says, You're missing an incredibly boring presentation. And Elena says, I need some air. And she leaves. She goes to, for some reason, the wood shop room, because apparently it's the nearest sink. If I'm a vampire, the last place you will catch me is a high school wood shop. I mean, it's just probably the dumbest room she could have gone to. Elena spots Liv and Liv says, Elena Gilbert, just the girl I'm looking for. And Elena says, Hi, Liv. We've met like one time, and I was in a bad place then. I do apologize for that. But what are you doing here, girl? Is this about Jeremy? And Liv says, no, it's about you. And then magically, she gets a couple wood stakes to pin Elena to the wood wall. Through her jacket, but also through her arms a little bit. So she's, she's in there. She's in pain. And then Liv grabs a wood stake and says, I'm really sorry about this. My coven did everything in its power to protect you. You're just too dangerous now. And Elena says, honestly, girl, I do not know what you are talking about. So girl, I'm deeply confused. And Liv says, and you never will. She gets ready to kill Elena, but Damon quickly appears and knocks Liv out and says, little tip, if you're going to show up to kill someone, don't waste time feeling bad about it. Number one, that's the thesis of this episode. Mm -hmm. Number two, Liv didn't waste a ton of time. She was doing it pretty efficiently. Yeah. And number three, she's knocked out. She didn't hear you. And number four, she doesn't feel bad about it. She's like, I had to kill her. She was just being a little showy. Yeah. As they all do. We go back to Atlanta. Caroline is sitting in a diner, but now she's with Tom and Tom is really fucking up some waffles. Yeah. He hasn't eaten in four months. Yeah. Cause he's it's been IVs for months. Of course he's hungry. Yeah. Tom says Hazel seemed so nice, you know, like I figured why not have dinner. So I showered, picked her up and that was it. The last thing I remember for four months. And Caroline says, well, she kidnapped you that night. She locked you up ever since and hid you away from anyone who knows magic. And Tom said, (laughs) you could say she was a real witch. Hysterical. (laughs) Tom, I got to be honest. You're the worst of the doppelgangers we've met so far. I do want to bring something (laughs) up. I don't know if this is the right place to bring it up. There's a very popular fan theory, which Mm. I do believe, and we've talked about this a little bit before, about the doppelganger prophecy. Oh, that this is actually Elena's Elena's soulmate. Kind of tracks. Yeah, I losers buy that. obsessed with yeah. saving people's lives. But being obnoxious. <laughs> Can you imagine him and Elena on a date?
1: Honestly thanks, a
0: <laughs> honestly, thanks to Enzo for killing him. So I didn't have to go to that fucking boring wedding. White yeah. roses everywhere, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Tom says, I don't know why I'm telling you my whole life story. Caroline's like, I do. Caroline says, it's because I compelled you to. And I also compelled you to stay calm and not worry. And Tom says... <laughs> Why do you want to know so much about me? And she says, I just want to make sure you're a good guy. Okay. No skeletons in the closet, that sort of thing. And he says, and, and she says, and you are just about one of the nicest people I've ever met. We don't know a lot about you, Tom. (laughs) Nice, boring. They go together, don't they? They do sometimes. Tom says, likewise, because I do remember you saving my life. So if there's anything I can do to repay you, let me know. He said, but you are paying for breakfast, right? Because I don't know where my wallet is. I did get kidnapped and I'm starting to rack up quite a fee with these waffles. (laughs) And then he starts to choke on his waffles. And And I'm like, hell yeah. Caroline got rid of him. Let him go out peacefully doing something he loved. Yeah. Fucking up some waffles. (laughs) Um, And he reaches out for a glass of water, but he can't reach it. And then Caroline pulls it away. (laughs) you know, in an effort to have him choke and die. And then he does kind of pass out. And it's like, wow, that worked out. But psych, that was fake. That was Caroline's fantasy. She wished that happened. He is still alive, still eating those damn waffles. Yeah. Because she said, damn, well, Mama, you sure can put it away. (laughs) Caroline says, what I need from you isn't something I can take. You can. Tom says, "Mm, I don't understand what that means. And she's like, yeah, it was purposely vague. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline says, you don't have to. You just remind me of someone who is really important to me. And Tom says, well, he's one hell of a lucky guy. And Caroline says, yeah, so are you. And then she starts to compel him again. She says, because after this, you're going to get on a train, ride until you find a place you like, meet a pretty girl, settle down, and be happy for the rest of your long, long life. Just go easy on the carbs; They're a killer. She pulls the waffles away. And again, I know Caroline's operating under quite a bit of delusion. Mm -hmm. At this point in your life, girl, what do you think is going to happen when he gets on that train? You think no one's ever going to track him again? You think Sloane's not going to fry Stefan's brain to find him again? And then she'll be mad at you? They're just going to keep looking for him until someone kills him. It was easy if you would do it for them so they can keep Stefan with them, but... They're going to travel anyway. They might as well go to Atlanta. Yeah. We go back over to the wood shop. Damon is torturing Liv by, like, putting her hands in, like, a little... uh. I don't know what it's called. Something that presses her hands together. Cracks your bones. Yeah. What is, I'm sure there's a word for it. It's clamp. That thing. Yeah, it's, it's a clamp that like holds the wood together okay. while it's gluing. Yeah, he's doing that to her hands. Elena says, that's enough. And Damon says, hardly. She was seconds away from killing you. I want to know why. He has a rag in Liv's mouth. And he says, here's the thing, girly. I'm going to rip this rag out of your mouth. And if I hear so much as one syllable of hocus pocus, one of us is going to break your neck. Spoiler alert it's me. He pulls the rag out and he says, talk. She doesn't. So he tightens the clamp a little bit more. And Elena says, Hey, stop. And Damon says, you don't get to tell me what to do anymore. We broke up. And Elena says, this is exactly why we broke up. Please tell me you understand that. And Liv says, Oh my God, actually kill me. Yeah. Liv's like, can I go? And Damon says, Oh, it is tempting, but I'm not going to kill you till you talk. And Liv decides she is going to talk because why not? She says, okay. Elena is the last female doppelganger. After tonight, there might only be one male doppelganger. And if that happens, the travelers will come for you, Elena, to use you. The witches can't let that happen. And then it's almost as if Damon, like, didn't absorb any of that information. Yeah. Because he says to Elena, if it's between you and this psychopath, Elena, you know what I have to do. It's not between her and this psychopath. Mm-hmm. The travelers are coming for Elena probably regardless. Yeah. Why? What would killing Liv do? Well, and also what Liv doesn't know is the Travelers already got her blood. Yeah. So maybe they need her for something else after. But realistically, they're kind of already set. Yeah, they kind of don't need her and need her. It would appear Yeah. because they do their spell without finding Elena again. Yeah. And it's yeah. unlikely that they will be finding her because they seem to have um gone somewhere else, let's say. Yeah. Seems like their power has greatly reduced. I'll say that. <laughs> Elena says, and if you do kill her, then what? Am I supposed to hate you, resent you, forgive you? And Damon says, that's your choice. The only way you're going to get to make it is if you're alive. Please tell me you understand that. Again, missing the point. Killing Liv does no more to guarantee Elena's safety than keeping her alive. Liv is merely just like a puzzle piece. She's not the whole thing. Well, and- you guys just want to have your same breakup talk right now. And that's fine. But let's not pretend this has anything to do with Liv. They're just neither of them are even listening to Liv. And they're just like, you know what? I actually have more to say about the breakup. And she's like, I don't really know why I'm here for this. She's like, can you at least like loosen the clamp on my hands if I'm going to have to listen to you guys have a little white fang off in the corner? Could you put the clamp on my ears if you're going to do this? (laughs) Jeremy comes in. He says, are you freaking kidding me? And he says, you want to kill Liv? You're going to have to kill me, too. And he says, how are you know, live?" Well, and also, Jamie, let's not throw that out so easily because that's not a crazy ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we go over to Mystic Falls High School. A couple cars arrive at the same time. Luke gets out of one and Tyler and Matt get out of another. They look at each other. And Luke says, who are you two? Who are you two hotties? You boys going anywhere tonight? He said, hey, what's your guys' deal? He said, hey. <laughs> What do the boys go out to play in this town? (laughs) (laughs) Did any of y'all got poppers? (laughs) Matt says, we're friends of Jeremy and Elena. And Tyler says, even Damon sometimes. And Matt says, and don't forget Bonnie. She's the one who told us you might be here. And Luke says, yeah, well, blood is thicker than water and my sister's in there. And then he starts to say modus, the same thing that knocked Tyler out earlier, but Tyler knows that one. So he goes up to Luke and grabs his throat and says, (laughs) yeah. Your sister showed us that trick before. He says, I'm not falling for that one again. Then we go over to the woodshop. Jeremy says, what are you waiting for, Damon? Wouldn't be the first time you killed me. Elena says, Jeremy, can we not? It's like, can you guys get past whatever this little pissing match is? It's just (laughs) not necessary. Damon says, she tried to stake your sister, idiot. She's going to do it again. And Jeremy says, no, she won't. She's going to keep Elena safe. I'll make sure of that. And Liv says, "Mm, no, I think I'm going to stake (laughs) her, actually. Liv says, I'm not making any promises. Yeah. Damon says, how? You can't even get a passing grade in penmanship. Okay, old man, that class doesn't exist anymore. Jeremy says, first of all, I don't have that class. If I did, I would get an okay grade. Because I'm an artist. Because I'm an artist. Jeremy turns to Elena and he says, trust me, okay? I won't let anyone hurt you. And Elena says, you know, Jeremy, She gets up on her high horse really quickly. Mm -hmm. She says, after all the things you've been pulling at school, how can I trust you? You haven't exactly been making good decisions. And look, I know it's parent teacher conference day. Is this really the time to get mad at him for cheating in math? And the other thing about this that's funny is like we know very little about Elena's schoolwork, but I think it's a fair assumption that Alaric was a little bit cook in the books, okay? (laughs) Elena wasn't getting like great grades. (laughs) I'll throw out that Stefan was actively compelling grades for her. And she was like, wow, I'm smarter than I think. Yeah, I just find it hard to believe that Elena was getting A's. And like, I get high school is different because he can get his high school diploma, whatever, whatever. Elena, what's the example you're setting in college? Because I've seen you go to class Twice, And one of those times it was actually Catherine. Yeah, so exactly. let's all be the, a little fair And here. the other time you got kicked out. Because it wasn't a class you were even like enrolled in. So it, it just is very funny that Elaine is on this high horse. And Jeremy schools her ass here. He says, how do you expect me to care about school when this is my life? He's like, I'm the only one left in high school. Everyone's dying back and forth forever. I faked my own death. Everybody hates me. And need I remind you, you burned down our house. Yeah. He says, look around. You know, it's not like I can bring my teachers a note saying, sorry, I missed class. We were under a doppelganger invasion. And he says, but I know what I'm doing. Please, Liv knows more about the travelers than she's letting on. And Elena says, okay, Damon, let's go. Because she trusts Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Damon says, you can't be serious. And Elena says, I trust him, okay? And right now, I really need you to trust me. So she and Damon go outside Mystic Falls High School. Liv and Luke meet up. They debrief. Liv says, where the hell were you? And Luke says, well, we wouldn't even be here if you would have just killed Elena. And Liv says, I was almost turned into an ashtray or whatever crap they make in Woodshop. It's not ashtrays. Yeah, girl, they don't make make ashtrays in Woodshop. They'll burn. You're going to put a burning cigarette butt into a wood ashtray? What kind of witch are you? (laughs) Liv says, thanks for the brotherly concern. In case for a second, we forget their siblings. Yeah, I know. They want us to know that one. Jeremy approaches the two of them and says, so here's plan C. You're going to protect Elena and I'm going to help you stop the travelers. Now, it might be useful for someone to call Stefan or Caroline and say, (laughs) hey, I know you were checking in with the travelers. Like, what are you up to today? You're not killing a doppelganger by chance. Yeah. Luke says, you realize this is an epic conflict of interest. I mean, so is working with your twin sister. Yeah. The return of the word epic, interesting context. They love an interesting context for it. They love to say epic love, true, and then epic something else. Epic goldfish toss. Uh, Jeremy said that was epic once. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Liv says, you know, maybe not. Jeremy's got hunter skills and he's not afraid to take a stand. If the Travelers are coming for his sister or making a move on Mystic Falls or both, he's going to see it coming before we do. Now, these lines are clunky at best. She's doing everything she can with them, but it is not uh, the finest acting we've seen on this show. I know what Hunter skills, but she just means he can't be mind controlled by the Travelers, which, by the way, has not been a major concern up to this point. And also, I will say the weird thing about this, too, is like, Jeremy was a hunter, but then he died. And it's kind of unclear, like, if he's still a hunter or not. Because his tattoo's gone, but his tattoo was gone because of the Silas thing. Yeah. And he hasn't really, like, been killing vampires lately. I think he's just strong. Yeah, it's just the strength that's left, I think. It's an interesting line. It doesn't make a ton of sense. And it seems like, you know, you two witch twins are more powerful than this one kind of hunter. This guy who can lift two kegs. The whole he's not afraid to take a stand because he stood up to Damon one time. Like all he does is stand up to Damon. I know you don't know that because you don't know him that well, but that wasn't like that impressive. Yeah, standing up to Damon isn't impressive because he hates him. Yeah. It's not like he stood up to like Santa (laughs) or someone famous. I don't know. I can think of an example. (laughs) (laughs) Liv says, so what's the catch? And Jeremy says, I'm going to need some help. Matt and Tyler approach it's like this is your catch is that you want Matt and Tyler on the case like so this is the team you guys are working with just just interesting Luke says more townies no and Jeremy says they're part of the deal take it or leave it now if I'm living Luke I'm like okay that guy's what a hybrid and Jeremy's like yeah I'm like oh that's way more useful to me than a hunter you come here and then and that other guy what's he he's a human And he has a ring that stops him being killed, but it can be taken off? No, we don't want him. Can we just take the ring? (laughs) It only works on humans. Okay. Okay, then pass. Then he can keep it, I guess. I just don't want him on the team. (laughs) Can he give us free drinks at the bar? Technically, yeah, but he's gotten in trouble for it before. So he's kind of trying to slow it down. Okay, we don't want him. We'll just take the hybrid. Thanks. I'm confused what his role is here. (laughs) What does he offer? Then we go back over to Atlanta. We are in a parking garage where Caroline is walking with Tom after Tom has just had every waffle that diner He's, served. He has eaten the diner out of house and home. Yeah. Shaggy and scooby Doo it in there. <laughs> yeah. Tom says, I don't think I've ever eaten so much in my life. And Caroline says, yeah, I don't think anyone has. And they're laughing. Ha, ha, ha. They're about to go get in a car. And Enzo approaches and he says, mm, I suppose it was a fitting last supper. And Caroline says, no. And Enzo very quickly snaps Tom's neck. Yeah, because he's like, we're not playing this game of like back and forth. We need to snap this guy's neck. It's time. Enzo says, I'll talk to you after I do my job. And Caroline says, why the hell did you do that? Well, girl, you know the answer. Enzo says, because you're not the only one who cut a deal to save someone's life. That old flame I mentioned, Maggie, travelers claim they know where to find her. Yeah, in a grave. (laughs) Yeah, they know where to find her the same way Atticus Shane knew where to find Haley's parents. Yeah, it's like she's a human woman who was alive 60 years ago. Enzo, where exactly do you think she is hanging out? I mean, or she's a vampire. Let's be serious. You think she's a vampire who worked for the Augustines? She was around a bunch of vampire blood. She could have, you know, let's pretend for a second Enzo is right. And she was actually surprised by this. Maybe she stole some vampire blood and killed herself. Or, like, maybe one of the other captives, if there was at some point, or Enzo, like, got mad and bit her. Maybe they used vampire blood to heal her, and then she got in a car accident. Sure. We have to recognize the possibility that she could be a vampire. Now, I do think she's more likely in the ground. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think Maggie is alive somewhere? No. Do you think we'll meet her? Well. Do you think we'll meet her in present day, or do you think we'll meet her in flashback, or do you think we'll not meet her at all? We'll meet her in flashback. I think we may meet her in present day. I, I think she's more likely an old woman or dead than a vampire, but I have to throw out the vampire possibility, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caroline says, well, if she's anything like me, she just lost all respect for you. Okay, well, she worked for people who held me captive, so I think she kind of owes me some grace. Yeah, she doesn't really have a leg to stand on there. But he says, okay, well, then I'll earn her forgiveness in time. Because unlike you, Caroline, I'm willing to do whatever it takes for the people I love. And she said, I really don't want to hear that. (laughs) He says, look, the travelers moved to some junkyard just outside of Mystic Falls. Feel free to tell Stefan you're the one who saved his life. Cutting. He leaves. She looks at Tom's body, a little bit sad and freaked. We go over to the Salvatore house. Damon pours a glass of bourbon and hands it out to Elena and says, Penny, for your thoughts. And Elena says, I think Mrs. Douglas is right. Girl, how is that the lesson you got from this night? (laughs) Damon says, the guidance counselor. What the hell does she know about the crap we're dealing with? And Elena says, she spelled it out for us, Damon. It's not that we're bad for each other. It's that we're bad for Jeremy. It's like, in what world is Jeremy suddenly the center of the universe? Yeah, no offense. I hate to say it, but you two are the main couple. He's just your brother. It can't possibly be about him. (laughs) Yeah. And Damon says, Jeremy's whole life is bad for Jeremy, which is true. Tea. Damon says, you want to fix him? Put him on a plane and get him out of town. We did what he wanted and brought him back here, remember? Against my better judgment, might I add. Yeah, remember when you sent him to Denver and how well that worked out for him? And then you went to go get him? Just so you guys <laughs> could kiss by a hotel? <laughs> I remember. I'm happy you did it. Jeremy comes in with a backpack and Damon says, Oh man of the hour, where you going, little Gilbert? And Jeremy says, oh, well, Matt and Tyler said I could stay at their place for a while. And Elena says, Jeremy, you don't have to do that. He says, I don't have to. He says, I am literally dying to. Yeah. Uh, Damon says, put the bags down, okay? We'll talk about this in the morning. Jeremy says, no, we won't. I really should have moved out a long time ago. He said, it's super weird that I live here with my sister, her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, and that everyone hangs out here all the time. Let me live with my friends like a normal 18 year old. Yeah. Elena says, look, Jeremy, I know things have been crazy lately. And Jeremy says, yeah. And you know, they're always gonna be crazy. So I need to figure out how to deal with crazy on my own. Right now, this is what's best for me, for all of us. Also BTW, I'm not really asking permission. And Elena is really like crying. She's very verklempt about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Even though she, mind you, A, burned their house down, and B, does not even live here. It's not even that he's moving out of where he lives with her. She lives at college. She's being drama. And also, you just learned, if you want to take the parent-teacher conferences, the big lesson of the week for whatever reason. Yeah. You just learned that his living situation isn't working. Maybe switch it up. It certainly can't hurt him. Elena says, okay, Um, I'll call every day, and I'll make sure to stay more involved. Jeremy hugs her because he's like, I really don't care if you call me, girl. It's really not my business. I'll see you when I see you. Uh, She cries and he leaves. We go back over to the junkyard where the travelers are hanging out. Caroline finds Stefan. He is laying down in his own car. Kind of nice that they gave him his own car. Mm -hmm. She lays down with him and he says, hey, are you, and she says, a big fat failure? Yes. But on the bright side, I'm also exhausted and cranky. And Stefan says, well, it's good to see you anyway. Love. I need me a man like that. <laughs> he says, so do you want to tell me what happened? And she says, I just did. I failed. I couldn't kill him, Stefan, not even to save you. And he says, you do realize you're feeling guilty for not being able to kill somebody, right? And she says, no, I'm feeling guilty because you're still being held prisoner. And he says, okay, well, come on, Caroline. They weren't going to let me go anyway. I'm too important to them. Yeah. He's like, Caroline, let's be serious. That was never really proud of it. But to be honest, it, Isn't totally clear that they're holding him prisoner? Like, no one's on guard with him. Yeah. It kind of feels like they thought he was going to leave, but he just stayed here. Kind of feels like he was like, is there any way I can take a nap? And they're like, yeah, grab whatever car. We have a whole lot of abandoned cars and a few of them have blankets in it. And then he just stayed there. Yeah, and he's like, well, guess they're holding me captive. No (laughs) one said that. Seems like it's pretty easy to get away, although it's good that you stay here for a bit, it turns out. Yeah, so you can- you know, see some stuff. Caroline says, well, you're probably even more important now because Enzo killed Tom. And Stefan says, yet another reason to hate Enzo, I guess. What? Enzo did what you all said you should do. Enzo did what you were supposed to do when you went on the road trip that Caroline just said she failed at. Caroline says, I should have seen it coming. The whole flirty, oh, I'm so charming because I want to distract you thing. I mean, I practically invented that. And then she says, so what do we do now? And Stefan says, girly, we're going to go to sleep. (laughs) And <laughs> she says, that's heroic. And he says, yeah, well, the hero part of my brain needs to recharge after, you know, being tortured all day while you were out flirting with yet another British man. They're giggling. They're giggling, giggling. She says, "Haha, very funny, shut up. Stefan says, look, we gather our strength. We wait for an opportunity and we get the hell out of here together. He closes his eyes because he's tired and she looks at him and she says, you knew. That's why you let me go because you knew the whole time, didn't you? And he says, I knew what. And she says that I couldn't do it. And he says, "Mm, not that you couldn't do it, that you wouldn't do it. And she says, how? He says, because that's what makes you, you. And then they cuddle a bit and they go to sleep. So Steriline Hive, we continue to eat as we have been. Hmm, yummy. It is very cuddly. It's cute. More cuddly than I thought we'd be getting. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. She kept scooting (laughs) closer. (laughs) Me too, girl. <laughs> you go back over to the Salvatore house. Elena is packing now, and Damon says, "Something tells me you're not packing for a honeymoon." She says, "I'm going back to campus." Damon says, "You realize that you leaving doesn't solve anything, right? Especially now that Jeremy's free and clear of our horrible influence." And Elena says, "Well, it's not about Jeremy. It's about us, girl. About ten minutes ago, it wasn't about you. It was about Jeremy. So what is the truth?" Yeah. She says, it's not just that we're bad for each other. It's that when we're together, we do bad things for each other. And I can't live like that. Damon says, "Okay, I'll drive you to Whitmore. And she says, no, (laughs) if you do that, I'm going to spend the entire car ride thinking about your hand next to mine. And even though I'll try, I won't be able to stop myself from taking it or letting you kiss me. And we're never going to get to where we need to go. We'll just end up back where we started. That's why I need you to let me go. And he's like, "Okay, I was offering to drive. Buy your own gas, bitch. He says, OK, put mileage on your car. <laughs> and so she's like, you got to let me go. Thinking he's going to like be like, no, I can't let you go. But no, he approaches. He says, Shh. and then he kisses her forehead. Says, travel safe. And he leaves. And she's pissed. She's like, um, OK, you're not even going to like argue a little bit. Oh, so you hate <laughs> oh, you me. you just wish I was Catherine. Oh, so you so you're in love with Catherine. That's what you're telling me. He's like, what? (laughs) We go back over to Whitmore. Bonnie is calling Jeremy. She says, hey, Jeremy, you haven't called me back and I have a million questions. Also, I miss you and I'm confused. So call me. She hangs up. We go back over to the junkyard. Travelers are chanting, which wakes up the cuddle bugs, Caroline and (laughs) Stefan. And she says, what the hell is that? So they walk out and check out what's going on. They see that they're standing around the fire chanting and they're drinking from the buckets of blood and stefan says yeah i know those buckets that is me and elena's blood mind you they filled these buckets up what two weeks ago and they've been carrying them around without lids from like railroad tracks to a <laughs> junkyard. What them exactly? junkyard, to junkyard what exactly to junkyard and y'all are just drinking it i mean i know you're about to die i know there are so many bugs in that there are so many bugs. I know that is disgusting. It is warm. It's getting gelatinous at this point. It yeah. can't be delicious. And it appears they like warmed it up over the fire so they can all eat it out of spoons. And that somehow makes it sound worse. That somehow makes it grosser. And then Sloan lights a torch and she brings it up and sets a traveler on fire. And once she sets one on fire, they all, you know, set on fire they're screaming from the pain of the fire but they are still chanting yeah it seems like as they get closer to death that's when they start screaming so they chant and then they're like ow hey <laughs> stefan says okay uh so this is a great opportunity take my hand and he and caroline vampire run off he said this looks good he said i told you we'd have an opportunity to run and then we go back over to whitmore bonnie is hanging out and one by one The travelers start to arrive. Once they are ready to pass on, they continue to chant. And one after the other, they pass through Bonnie all in a row, each one in an uglier outfit than the last. Mm -hmm. The Beanie Depot had a good day when they came through. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'll say that. They said, bring all your friends. They said, oh, you guys are gonna love the discount pile. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie screams, she's in a ton of pain. She tries to run from them, but of course she can't because you know, this is her job. And she faints from the pain. And when she faints, a shadow appears to pass through her, which becomes the shadow of a guy who walks away. We don't see a ton of him. That's where we end the episode. So first question, who is that guy? That's definitely Marcos, And not just because the synopsis said it, yeah. but but because, you know, we know they wanted to meet their leader or get their leader out. Meet is probably the wrong word for most of them. And then he looks like he's wearing like ancient Greek clothes. We don't get a good enough look to really get that fully confirmed, but it kind of looks toga adjacent. So where do you think Marcos came from? I think because he passed through Bonnie, he came from the other side. And I think they needed like enough traveler's life force to go to the other side to push him back to this world is my thought. Sure. So what's next for the travelers? Because they mostly seemed to be dead except Mm -hmm. for marcos and normally we see travelers need a lot of power to do anything so what do you think marcos is up to what are the travelers up to in general like what's their next move maybe they want to pull power from the other side and now that most of them are there he can kind of use that power in the realm we're in now but if they were just trying to like use power on both sides. Why can't he do the other side half of it and they do the earth half of it? Why do they have to do all this? Maybe they needed more of them on the other side to overwhelm the witches on the other side, at least a little bit. Sure. But what's Marcos going to do all alone over here? I think he's going to find some other travelers. Like, I think he'll have a little bit of a posse. How do you think they decided who gets to die? Do you think Sloane was like excited to die for Marcos? I guess I should say, do you think Sloane and these travelers we saw burn up and pass through Bonnie, do you think they're dead for good? I think they're dead for good. We didn't see Sloane on the other side, though. That's true. So there's a possibility that Sloane still was like kind of the organizer of this who didn't have to die so that she might welcome Mercos, even though she seemed kind of a little like scared of Mercos because she was really wanting this doppelganger stuff done. Like, I think she was feeling the pressure of it somehow. And I think in terms of whether the travelers wanted to die, I think they all kind of seem to follow along with whatever mission. They seem to be very happy to work in a group for whatever reason they need to. Sure. This is just something I'm thinking about. I don't think there's an answer. I think this is more mm-hmm. of a plot hole than anything. But for the longest time, we've thought of the other side as something like witches have control over. Like mm-hmm. witches like run the other side. Traditional witches to what we know. Yeah. And yet, based on what we know about Travelers, like they created the other side and now they don't like witches. So why did they let witches have control over the other side? Or maybe witches took it. Maybe they didn't plan it or maybe Travelers really split from witches after the immortality thing. So after the other side was created. And so it was built in this kind of, even though they were still called Travelers at that point, but maybe there wasn't that big shift because clearly Silas had enough power because Silas was kind of a witch and a Traveler. Right. Or was he just he a was traveler? a traveler. He just called himself a witch. OK, so but maybe what I'm saying is maybe that divide happened after Silas's big betrayal. The witches really made out like bandits. Yeah. So now that we've seen this happen, Marcos come from the other side. And we also got the clue that Liv says that basically travelers don't like nature magic. They don't use mm-hmm. it. Does that tell you anything else about the travelers like long term goal? I just had a, a funny thought that I don't think is true. Okay. But, it, it, but there might be a, bit, a nugget of truth in it. So this is why I'm going to say it. So they may want to limit the power that witches can get from nature. They may want to essentially weaken witches. And one way they could do that is kind of put these kind of things that they can channel in nature. Now, the goofy thought I had is what if they blow up the moon? Now, I don't think they're going to blow up the moon. <laughs> But like my thought is that they destroy some, they can at least mess with nature in some way is my thought. So I, other yeah, I than blowing how, up the moon, how can they stop them from channeling the moon? If there's some way to like. So you, but you think overall they want to eliminate nature? I would think they want to weaken witches. So that could be like severing the link between witches and nature in some way or
1: I mean, like I making
0: it harder this- of them to channel. So they want to weaken witches yeah. or they want to take power away from witches completely. Ideally they would take power completely away, but I think But they'll settle for weakening. <laughs> yeah, they'll settle for weakening. Okay. I also do want you to address you had a couple off-mic updates. I know you maybe don't believe these things anymore, but I do want you to say what you thought was going on with some of this stuff to yeah, the audience so they can hear it and they can giggle. Yeah, so I had one thought about Mercos before this time. And You know, yes, he looked ancient Greek in that little shadowy shot. This one could still be right. I doubt it, though. I did have the thought, I said before, we don't know who Nadia's dad is. And so I thought, maybe it's Marcos. The timing does not really line up given what we know, but- Well, the timing that you have picked. That I'm I'm envisioning, yeah. Because we don't, we have no confirmation that Marcos is ancient Greek, except that you think his name sounds ancient Greek. And and you think the shirt he was wearing looked kind of good. His whole outfit, not just his shirt. Don't make it sound dumb. (laughs) But (laughs) all I'm saying is like, you're like, oh, well, that doesn't match up with the timeline. You made up the timeline. So I'm just saying, I think that timeline is at least a question- in a way that it wasn't when I thought this guess. Okay. And then the other one I threw out because Grace keeps throwing out this possibility of an alert doppelganger. Now, you know me. I think it's way more likely we actually get a lurk back than we have a doppelganger. But my thought at some point that I feel like is pretty confirmed no, because I think I saw enough of the face, is that maybe Mercos is an alert doppelganger. I don't think that's true, but I had to throw it out because Grace keeps throwing that at me. Well, maybe... Once he gets a haircut, he'll look more like a lyric. No. Nice try, though. <laughs> if I were editing this episode, I'd prank him by you to agree with that. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers and or The Vampire Diaries, please tell your friends and give us five stars a new review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.